Hello, hello. Welcome back. I hope that you are having a great day today. I truly do. No matter what day you're listening to this, I hope you're doing well. My day today has started a little chaotic because my kids have been on fall break for two weeks and they are a little out of control. I think they're ready to go back to school. I think they're, I think I'm ready to have them go back to school, but I'm excited to be here today. The topic today got brought to my attention. And really, most of the time with most of my topics, it's typically because of an interaction or something that happens with a client or online. And I've noticed as I've coached clients, I've been coaching clients online and in person for probably eight years, about eight years now. And I tend to see trends of questions that people ask. And I notice that often when people are checking in for their week, you know, and they have a certain amount of workouts that they have a goal to do every week, that they will be really upset if they missed some of their workouts. And if I am 100% honest, which I always am, sometimes I think missing these workouts are very justified and there's no reason to feel guilty over it. And other times, I think sometimes we're looking for excuses not to work out. So I'm actually going to address both of those reasons and how to actually recognize them. Now, it is pretty normal and it would be a consistent workout plan if you are working out anywhere from four to six days a week. That's typical. You do always need at least one rest day. That's really important. Sometimes people will write me and they are working out seven days a week and I'm like, "Mm -mm, your body needs a rest day. So four to six days is really normal. But even with that, sometimes we don't hit that range. We don't hit what we're trying to do and that's what causes the discouragement. So that's what I want to address is when it's okay and when sometimes we should just push through and make something happen. And if you find this episode helpful, please don't forget to share it. Don't forget to subscribe so all of the episodes are downloaded directly to you. And I love to hear from you. So don't forget to write a review. Today's review is by Courtney Renee 88, Most Valuable Podcast. I'm a fairly new listener and I truly enjoy listening to this podcast. The topics picked are so relatable and I love how Andrew speaks honestly and openly about them. So many times while I'm listening, I think, yes, exactly, me too. Scrolling through past episodes, I found so many topics that are great value to me or my friends I'm close to and are struggling with particular topics. I also love the guest speakers Andrea has had on the podcast. Thankful to have found this great resource. Thank you, Andrea. No, thank you, Courtney, for writing the review. I love to hear from you guys. I truly do. So if you have an episode that that helps you, that touches you, please share it with a friend and let me know in a review. It makes a huge difference. It really does help the podcast grow and succeed and excel. So let's be on a team together and let me know your thoughts. I love it. And before we get into today's episode, you know I'm a massive fan of protein. I talk about it in a lot of episodes and on my social media handle. And for me, an easy way to make sure I'm getting enough protein in is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a subscription of different high quality meats that gets delivered directly to your door every single month. They have 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, wild-caught salmon, and humanely raised no antibiotics or no added hormones in their meats. They use a variety of different farmers, and I love it because I can pick the size of my box so it's curated for your family for the amount that you need. And I'm super busy, so I don't always have time to go to the grocery store. I feel like every Sunday we want to have a high-quality meal, and I'm so thankful that I have some good meat in my freezer because I always forget to go to the store on Saturday or order it ahead of time, and we can pull out 
out easily a roast or steaks or chicken, whatever we've ordered, and it just makes it so easy. The prices actually are really good too, unless you're like massively searching deals and steals and some of those things, they have a very competitive price. We've used them for about two years now. And the best news is if you sign up now in your first box, you get a free turkey in your first order. Yes, a 10 to 15 pound turkey in your first order. All you have to do is go to butcherbox.com slash make it simple and you can claim your deal. Enter the subscription you want. It comes to your house every day. It's in a nice cold box. So it's easy if it's left on your porch for like an hour or so. We live in Arizona, so that's like a big deal for us. I know most other places it's not. But again, go to ButcherBox, B-U-T-C-H-E-R-B-O-C.com slash make it simple and get a free turkey for Thanksgiving because it's coming up in your next box. I will also add that in the show notes, a direct link because I mean, seriously, who doesn't want a free turkey for Thanksgiving? All right, let's get into today's episode. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information, and you're busy and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed, so I have made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here, and I hope you stay a while. Okay, so as we talk about when we should skip a workout and when we should not skip a workout, I do need you to understand that there is a lot of gray area in this. It's not always black and white. And if I just listed, you know, one section, there is some truth to that and some not true to that, some things that we could actually avoid. So that's what I'm going to kind of point out today in what to be aware and when to avoid and what we actually are just looking for as possible excuses or we're not taking the exercise as crucial as it is for honestly our overall health. Even I was talking to my mom this week. I'm coaching my mom. She started my own macro program. I've worked with her a bunch of times, but she has still the mentality Um, It's a little bit of an old school mentality with her fear of some foods and some other things. And I explained to her about exercise and she has looked at it her whole life as being punishment. Like I work out because I'm trying to be thin and I'm like, mom, that's a terrible attitude. (laughs) I'm telling my mom this, you know, and I'm like, that's not why you exercise. You exercise because you want to feel strong because when you lift weights, it helps prevent osteoporosis because as you age, when you fall, you're less likely to fall because your bones are supported by muscle. You exercise so you can play with your kids. You can play with your grandkids. You can do all of these other things. That is why we exercise. When we think of exercise as a means to an end, it's not enjoyable. When we think of exercise as I am exercising so I can lose weight, I am exercising so I can be this size, I am exercising because I have to, because the TV marketing show told me I had to, because Andrea told me I had to. It's not going to be a positive experience. You need to look at the benefits of exercise, how they help with endorphins, how it helps with mental health, how you're able to like bend and stretch and you have less aches and pains. So before we even start on this topic, if you do look at exercise negatively, I do want you to think about taking time this week and shifting and focusing on all of the positive reasons we exercise rather than seeing it as a means to an end. 
So from here, let's get into a handful of reasons of why sometimes we should honestly skip our workouts or sometimes we should work around it. The first topic I'm going to cover is sickness. I know I've covered sickness in other episodes, and to be honest, most of what I'm talking about today, I've covered in other episodes, but I'm just going to explain it in a little bit of a different way in seeing, looking at it positively and maybe skipping the workout or if we need to push through. Sickness. It's the first one. It's super common. If you cannot breathe, if you are throwing up, if you are insanely worn down and you are sick, you need to take a rest day. It will help you recover faster. That is 100% normal. It breaks my heart when clients will write me and they'll say, oh, I was so sick and I, I couldn't work out and they feel terrible about it. And I'm like, yeah, that's normal. 100% normal. You should take a day off and rest. That is okay. On the other hand, you have to evaluate your quote unquote sickness. And the reason I say that is because oftentimes I will have people where on the other hand, they're feeling low energy, low energy, they will link to not feeling good. And so they'll say, oh, well, I was sick or I wasn't feeling good. Low energy doesn't necessarily mean sickness. And oftentimes when we get moving, it will increase our energy and will get us going for the day. If I skipped my workout in the morning because I woke up feeling off, I would skip probably 50% of my workouts. (laughs) When I wake up in the morning, I'm tired a lot. I just am a little bit off, almost to the point where I could say, oh, I don't feel good. But really, I just have low energy. So first, recognize the difference between true sickness and low energy. And then second, recognize what style of sickness you have. If I have like the common cold and it's not bad and I'm able to do all of my other activities, I will still work out because A, it does help me get moving and helps the endorphins flow and endorphins help you feel better. And B, sometimes I'm focusing in on something that's maybe mild And I'm like just thinking about that mild sickness, you know, maybe I have the sniffles. And if I got moving and started focusing on other things, I would actually feel better. So when it comes to evaluating being sick for skipping a workout, I want you to think this through. If you can't breathe, if you're vomiting, if you're way off, if this is something you don't feel weekly, you need to take a rest. If you weekly kind of feel low energy, if you commonly have the sniffles, if you commonly are just kind of feeling off and you label it as not feeling good, I think you need to move. I think you need to at least try five minutes, 10 minutes of your workout. Once you get going, you will actually feel better. So you do have to evaluate. When you wake up or whenever you work out, if you're thinking, I'm not feeling good, I want you to evaluate. What am I feeling? Is it true sickness where I need to rest and allow my body to recover, which is 100 billion percent correct? Or am I just feeling off and maybe the movement will help? Or I have a very minor sickness or a cough or something and I can modify. So that's the other thing. If you have a minor cough or minor sniffles, you can modify. Go on a walk, lift light weights, maybe don't do a HIIT workout or something super high intense. That's normal, but modify the workout to work around that mild sickness you have. And that is okay, but it's doing something over nothing when you could do something. My next thing to be aware of if you should skip a workout is an injury. So here's the deal. If you work through an injury, you are possibly going to make it worse. And I'm going to be super open about this and say I am a culprit myself of this. And I have no shame in admitting when I make mistakes. I am very open on the podcast about not being perfect. 
I love fitness and health so much, and I love to exercise because it helps me mentally. But when you are forcing something, it's going to create a problem. I'm very open about the fact that I've been diagnosed with avascular necrosis. This summer, I explained that I have a hip issue. And before I was diagnosed, I kept pushing and pushing and pushing my hip because I love to exercise. So I pushed it to points where it wasn't healthy for it. And in the beginning and middle of June and most of July, I could do I, I was struggling walking. It was really hard for me. I could. I was smart because I've done fitness my whole life and I'm a trainer, so I knew how to work around it. But I kept trying to force things that weren't okay. I kept trying to force movements that I liked that didn't feel good. And when I took a step back and stopped trying to force those movements, I actually felt way better. I'm doing, my hip is doing so much better now than it was in the spring. And this is an issue that won't ever go away. It's not treatable necessarily. I don't have any of the risk factors for it. I have a whole episode on my hip if you're like, what is she even talking about? It is episode 90 if you want to learn about it. But when I was able to stop trying to force things and take a step back and modify and do different things, it actually is feeling so much better now than it did then. So I want you to think about that. If you have an injury A, you might need to take some time off and that is okay. There is no reason to feel bad about that. Now, on the flip side of that, as I mentioned, what I did is sometimes when you have an injury, people say, well, all is lost and they don't do anything. I'm not really on that ship because I feel like movement is powerful. And though, for example, I have a hip issue, I have plenty of other muscles in my body that would really like to be worked, even when I backed off some of my traditional movements, which I've eased back into now. So something to think about, if you have an injury, instead of doing nothing, let's focus on doing something. And I don't think you should skip your workouts forever until that injury is healed. I want you to think about how you can work around it. For example, Let's say that you have a injured hamstring. Maybe you pulled your hamstring muscle or something in your lower body. You can still do plenty of other things. I would focus on upper body. When I had the hip problem, well, I still have it, but when it was really flaring, you better believe that I focused heavily on shoulders and back. I was working on my pull-ups. I was working on my arms. I was doing all kinds of things for my upper body. You can even use that little machine where you use your arms and you're basically like It's almost like riding a bike, but it's with your arms. I know you've seen it like at the gym or something where you put your hands on it and it like makes a circle. Your legs aren't moving, but your arms are doing something. You're going to burn calories. You're going to build muscle in your upper body. If you're building muscle, it doesn't matter where you're building it. You're going to keep that metabolism nice and strong. Maybe you have an injury in your shoulders or your elbow or something. You can go into bike riding. You can go into walking. You can go into running. You can do lower body lifts. It's really easy to get a barbell on your back and you're not even involving your arms. Or you can use machines at the gym. You can use bands. I'm a massive fan of bands. When I had my hip injury, I realized I was struggling with hip flexion. And so I use bands a lot to do straight leg movements and to still work the muscle without irritating the hip. So I'm going to say if you have an injury to, yes, take a break and maybe you shouldn't work that body part, but I'm going to tell you to not be scared to continue to work other body parts. Your workouts may not be as intense as they used to. Your workouts may feel awkward or incomplete. And that's okay. That is okay. I felt that way for literally two months in a row. I'm to the point now where I'm doing a little bit more, but I think it's only because I learned how to modify and work my way around. So 
for injuries. Yes, take a break for that muscle. Give that muscle a break or that issue a break, whatever body part it is. But I would continue to challenge your other body parts because you still want to stay strong. You want to stay limber. You want to stay functional. And working the rest of your body is going to help that. One of the things they've told me about my hip and why it has not been as drastic for other people who have this diagnosis is because my supporting muscles are strong. And so my hip bone isn't taking the brunt of the work. So be aware of that if you have any type of injury. If it's a short-term injury where you're like, oh, I just need to take a couple days rest and then it will feel better, go ahead, take those days rest. That's not a problem. But I'm kind of talking about a chronic injury if it's, you know, lasting for a long period of time. If it's an acute injury, go ahead and take a few days off. No big deal. But if it's chronic, I do suggest trying to figure out how to work around that. My next thought in when to skip your workout is sleep. Now, I know I've talked about sleep a ton in the last few episodes, so I'm not going to dive deep into this because I think even the last two episodes I talked about sleep. But sleep is important. You know that. Your muscle is repaired when you're sleeping. If you're not sleeping, your muscle is not repairing. That means you're not going to see any changes and you're going to plateau. Whether your goal is building muscle or losing fat, doesn't matter. If you're not building muscle and you're not allowing your body to recover, you won't see those changes. If you are someone who works out first thing in the morning, I know it's crazy, but I would try to make sure at least one morning a week you're sleeping in. You can easily still get three to four workouts in a week and take one or two mornings and sleep in if you aren't getting enough sleep. The amount of sleep everyone needs does vary drastically. During different points in my life, I need more sleep and during different points, I need less. I can tell because I'll wake up before my alarm sometimes and other times I'm like, feel like I've been hit by a truck. So it is going to vary. If you work out at night and you have to wake up super early for work or with kids or to nurse or whatever, maybe once or twice a week, you want to skip that night workout and you need to go to sleep. In, I believe, episode five, I interviewed the hormone specialist, Chris Walsh, and he said that if someone was struggling with sleep, he would tell them to skip one workout and to sleep in because that's going to help their goals, and it also helps balance your hormones. So even this week, Paul, we went to dinner last night, and Paul was Paul wakes up and goes to the gym at five in the morning. I work out from home, but he goes to the gym. And he said, I think I'm going to start going at 4.30. And I was like, no, (laughs) you can't go at 4.30 because I know what time you go to bed and that's not enough sleep for you. We need to work around. Let's kind of juggle our schedule a little bit because sometimes he watches the kids while I'm answering emails and this and that. So him and I sat down and had a conversation about how we could adjust so that he wouldn't be trying to go to the gym at 4.30 because I know he needs a half hour longer to sleep because of what time he goes to bed at night. And I know his goal right now is building muscle and he can't build muscle if he isn't allowing his body to repair at night. So If you struggle with sleep, sit down, talk to your partner, see what you can do to improve it. Or if you don't have a partner still, it might be better for you instead of getting five to six workouts a week, cut one of those down and sleep in or go to bed earlier one night. Or even take a nap in the middle of the day if you work out in the middle of the day. Whatever it is, try to work around that. The next reason that people are curious if they should skip their workout is burnout. Now, this one I'm going to kind of dive deeper into because there's two reasons people experience burnout. One, they're overtraining. 
They're doing too much. It's too hard on their body and they feel burnt out. The second reason is there is not enough variety in the workout routine. So they're bored. Burnout gets confused with boredom. It's a big mistake people make. They'll always say, well, I was burnt out. And really they're bored of what they're doing. And they actually would be rejuvenated and exhilarated with something new. So let's break down both of those topics because sometimes we might need to adjust or change our workout up or even skip it based on burnout, but sometimes that's not the answer. So first let's get into overtraining. Typically, let's first start with weights. If you are doing heavy lifting, heavy strength training, you may need to do a deload week. A deload week is a week where whatever weights you're lifting, you either reduce the weights or you just fully take off and do like mobility and Pilates and yoga and some other stuff and you just take off of lifting. Now, this might sound foreign, but I actually swear it does work. When I say that you take a week off or a couple of days off, you don't just sit around the couch and like, you know, watch TV. You're still active. You're still moving. You're still going on walks, but you're just not pounding heavy, heavy, heavy weights. A deload week allows your body a chance to basically clean up all of the residual stress accumulated from weeks and weeks of hard training. So if you consistently train hard, you're stressing your body out, which is great. We're challenging it. But challenge over time can become stress. And stress on the muscles and joints and bones over time can turn into injury. So if you take a deload week, you're actually going to prevent some injuries, which is pretty awesome. A deload week gives your joints, your muscles, your central nervous system the chance to recover. So that is the beauty of it. You have to imagine it as an insurance policy to prevent injuries because we're taking a week off so that we are working against those injuries or overreaching or overtraining. And this in turn actually does help you push past plateaus. We're always working on progressive overload. So if you're trying to build muscle, you're trying to progressively challenge the muscles. I talk about that in the strength training episode. And in order to do that, sometimes you hit a breaking point where you can't do anymore. So when you take this deload week, it allows you to push past that plateau. So you're able to lift more at the gym or you can either progress in your run. You have to kind of look at it as one step back, two steps forward. Sometimes we have to take a step back, allow the body to recover, allow the stress to calm down, and then we can take two steps forward. So looking at it that way is going to be a little bit easier because I know you're thinking, well, I'll lose my gains or I'll lose my running. Yes, but it will actually allow you to push forward more because you're allowing the body to fully recover. This is typically done deload weeks, depending on when and how you're lifting. You will want to do a deload week every two to three months. And that can even just be a couple of days off. I've seen people do it even every couple of months, maybe a couple times a year. But you could even be aware weekly. So if you work out a ton every week and you wake up one day and you're just super off, don't be scared to that day just change your routine. Maybe you will do yoga or mobility or something slightly different than what you're doing because if you're always pounding heavy weights or doing tons of cardio, that can be stressful. So maybe even once a week, making sure that one of your workouts is lighter, you're deloading the workout, whatever it is, and making it a little simpler can help your body recover a little bit better. Also, when we're at the point of overtraining or doing too much, it can affect our hormones. 
a couple years ago, I had my hormones tested. I test my hormones every single year. I'm like a really big advocate of it. And I go in, there's two doctors I see here locally. And a couple years ago, my testosterone was on the verge of being low. And my doctor basically said, I need you to take a deload week. And I need you to take a little bit more time off because while I wasn't feeling burnt out. I love exercising. I probably was doing too much. And so I backed off some and I did a couple days off. In fact, when I went on vacation, instead of working on vacation, I took a couple days where I was just super active, but I wasn't lifting. And I was able to come back in my lift stronger. I was able to come back in my cardio more exhilarated. And I wasn't bored anymore. I didn't feel that burnout. So don't be scared to do that because it did help me kind of balance out some hormones that could have been slightly off. Now, it's the same thing with cardio, and the cardio is going to lead me into variety. We talked about overtraining, and now we're going to talk about variety. If you are pounding tons and tons of cardio and you're feeling worn down, you need to shift and you need to focus on adding more muscle and mixing in weights into your cardio routine. I understand that cardio is enjoyable. I understand that cardio is mentally helpful for a lot of people and that it's just exhilarating. But mixing weights and cardio can be very useful. If you are only doing weights and you're feeling still like bored and burnt out of your weightlifting routine, you're also going to want to change that up. If you're always doing the exact same amount of reps and the exact same amount of sets, that's going to get really boring. If you're like, I do three sets of 10, four times every day. That's very boring after a while. So mix it up, change it up. It's really important to add that variety because if we don't add variety, we're going to feel burnt out. With lifting weights, you can literally mix in cardio into your weight training routine. I typically focus on hypertrophy, which is a style of lifting where I focus on building muscle. And so I keep my rep range normally between 8 to 12 reps max for my big muscles. Now, with that said, you better believe that I still mix in a lot of interval style training. I think it's very effective. It keeps me excited. I do pauses in my workouts where you're doing isometric holds so the muscle is holding. I change the tempo. I actually love to mix in. Even just this last week, we went on vacation and I did some of the workouts I do for my clients and I mixed in some strength training with some cardio and I was like, oh, I need to add a little bit more of those just because the variety helps me not feel burnt out and actually challenges me in a different way and it's working my cardiovascular system and my strength training. So don't be scared to add some variety. If your workouts all look exactly the same, you're lifting the same muscle on the same day with the same reps and the same weight, A, you're not going to changes because it's everything's the same and B you're going to get burnt out and bored and you're not going to want to go because it's not exciting so don't be scared to change the tempo the weights the reps the pause times the rest times all of that now as I finish this episode I do want to point something out And I think this is important because oftentimes, as I mentioned, clients will write me and they're feeling sad they missed their workouts. And I think that's okay. And I explained to them that's okay. And I hope that some of the examples I gave to you today shows you it's okay. When you have a sick child, I mean, maybe the sickness wasn't even you, but you have a sick child, it's okay to skip if you just simply can't work out. That just happens. That is okay. And that is normal. It's happened to all of us. But if you are finding reasons to skip your workout every week and you're noticing every week you have reasons why it didn't happen, you may want to look at why that is happening. 
because that is creating a habit of skipping. Skipping for real reasons is normal, but having to skip every single week, sometimes more than once a week, is a focus on the wrong thing. We're we're allowing something else to take precedent. And not only are we allowing small excuses to come in, we are also possibly even avoiding workouts for ourselves and just looking for reasons not to work out. So this is when I want you to ask these couple questions to yourself. If you're noticing every single week I miss workouts, it might be a planning issue. You maybe need to plan your workout at a different time. It might be the variety issue. It might be that what you're doing is boring and you need to do it with a partner. Maybe you're not someone who can do it alone or just like finding a different activity, as I said. But I still want you to ask these questions to yourself. Do you like your style of workout? Do you not notice any benefits from working out? Do you notice feeling better, more energy, any of those things? Do you notice any benefits? Do you need a change up in your workout? And what is your reason for working out? I want you to ask yourself all those questions and think about them and decide, am I looking for excuses to not work out? Or are they real reasons why it's okay to take a break? And if you think that every week you have excuses, I think you probably need to make a shift in your style of workout, in the time of workout, in your view of workout, and that your workout is exciting and fun and it helps benefit you instead of just a means to an end like I talked about in the very beginning. If you're looking at workouts that way, you're not going to like them. So you may need to simply shift your mindset around a workout to a more positive one because that will make it more likely to happen. For me, mentally, there is nothing more powerful than feeling like I can accomplish something with my own abilities. And working out allows me to feel that way. So I want you to shift and try to notice the benefits of working out. Everyone is busy. Everyone is not in the mood sometimes. And that is totally normal. But something is better than nothing every single time. And I know I've spoken openly about how even our emotions can affect our ability to want to work out. I have spoke how I have dealt with depression in my past and that working out actually helped pull me through that depression. So even if you're feeling not in the mood, I suggest you try to move still. And I'm not going to tell you to jump into a hit workout. Start with walks. When I eased out of my depression, I started with walking outside, literally going on like a 15-minute walk. And that was it. So trust me, I understand that there's real reasons why we don't work out, but I would like you to address reasons why you may not be working out regularly and see if you can shift your focus and look for reasons to work out and how it does help you and it will make all the difference. There are many, many reasons why it's okay to skip a workout and totally normal, but there are also many, many reasons why we make excuses to skip a workout. So I hope that this episode was helpful. I hope you got ideas of knowing that it's okay to miss and then sometimes to be aware of you know what, I'm not missing for a real reason. I'm actually justifying why I shouldn't work out instead of justifying why working out for me is useful and beneficial and that I can actually make it happen. So really look at all of these situations and pay attention to, no, I really need the break. Maybe you need a deload. Maybe you're truly sick. Or no, I think I just need to adjust my mindset around it. As always, you know I mean it. You are doing so much better than you think you are. And we'll chat next week.